Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Brendan Panikar here in Midtown Toronto. Yes, I have moved out of the downtown core. Crazy enough. But, man, Craig Borden, my co-host from Rochester, New York. How are you, man, in living in this world that is consumed by this pandemic that is the coronavirus? How are you feeling? How are your family members feeling? And what is going through your mind with all this going on? Well, first things first, everybody's healthy. Because there's a whole, good, good. at the moment, <laughs> we're counting two, maybe three cases in Rochester, New York. <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> just for the people that do not know Rochester, New York, or even this side of New York, I know most Canadian and Toronto area people know that the fact that Buffalo and Rochester are completely different than actual New York City. But the fact <laughs> that we're in the 750 ballpark and cases in New York State which is ironically hilarious for what's going on on our side of the state. Because <laughs> New York City is 99% of the cases in New York. So um, it's surreal what's going on and everything. Because regardless of the fact that there are like literally barely 0% or you know, 0.11111% freaking percent of cases here in New York are in Rochester area, Toilet paper, everything. You go to a freaking convenience store. It looks like freaking, you know, somebody came over and looted and robbed the place. <laughs> it's just <laughs> insane that it's that level of ridiculousness with everything that's going on. And this is the exact thing, in my opinion, Brendan, media running out of control. Because from everybody I've seen on the media, and you, Tom Hanks, <laughs> for Christ's yeah. sake, this doesn't seem to be the worst thing in the world, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I hear you. I will never discount uh, the effect that the virus could have on some people. But, you know, I was going back and forth with some people on Twitter late last week, Craig. I think that social media has heightened this to new fears because I was in elementary school when SARS was the last big uh, flu outbreak that everybody was considering to be near this level. And schools weren't closed during SARS. We were at we were at school. I, I don't I can't remember if it hit North America as hard as it did Asia, but I think the social the role social media has had in this coronavirus now that everybody's connected, it's heightening fears to new levels. Even if the virus may not affect people the way it does others, it, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, no, this is new for you. It's new for new for me. It's new for all of our listeners. Nobody's probably lived through a pandemic like this before. It's worse than the Spanish flu, is what people are saying. And that killed millions of people. It's, uh, it's a scary time to be alive, and it's not only affecting the sports world, Craig. It's affecting international travel, vacations for families. It's affecting the economy, everything. It's crazy. And honestly, man, I have no idea when we are going to get baseball back. And that is a very, very, very sad thought. I don't want to downplay it, Brendan, but is it bad if baseball not coming back soon is my biggest fear of this whole thing? 
Uh, no, it's not. Because <laughs> you and me are both very consumed by baseball and sports in general. That's a huge part of our lives. So, no, I, I'm in the same boat as you. <laughs> like I said, I'm not trying to discredit anything that is going on. Yes, this is a horrible thing that's going on. I just, there, I'm taking every little bit of my research that I am doing on the topic is like everybody else. I'm enthralled in it, and I'm honestly, and I'm sure you will agree with me, I'm just fucking confused. Because <laughs> you have some people saying this is the worst thing, like you said, since the Spanish flu. And then I was in Canada being a you know New York native during the SARS thing, and I was like, oh, well, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> so maybe it's just because I've seen both ends of the spectrum like that all of a sudden, and I'm trying to read and digest all this stuff. And it just seems like there is no true normal answer for any of the stuff that's going on. No, there isn't. Because it hits people differently. Everybody feels different symptoms for the most part. I mean, the, for the most part, they're the same. But the, the severity of the symptoms uh, affect diff people differently. Some people are short of breath. Some people are completely fine and then transmit it to others. The scary thing is with the NBA closing down and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell getting this virus in the NBA. Donovan Mitchell said today on his Twitch or whatever live feed he was on that the scariest thing for him is that he could have walked down the street without knowing he had this virus. Everybody would think he would look fine and he could transmit it to two or three other people that came up and took a picture with him. It's, it's that level of scary where you can have it and have no idea. And we've had one case in Major League Baseball. Now, Craig, a minor leaguer in the New York Yankees system. Yep. So everybody in the Yankees has been told to self-isolate, but... It doesn't seem like there's any light at the end of the tunnel right now, which is unfortunate. But I hope that our show today can hopefully be a little bit of a light in people's weeks and days as they're starting their work from home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, most people, apparently I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Although apparently, as far as things go, I don't know what they're doing. And I honestly, this is a cool perspective that you and I have here being, you know, we're dancing both sides of the border on one podcast. You know, that's a cool perspective I think we have on this whole thing. Because here in the States, they're just getting to that point where, oh, like, you know what? Maybe we should not have the <laughs> restaurant part of McDonald's open and we should only have the drive throughs <laughs> and stupid shit yeah. like that. It's like, maybe we should have done that a while ago. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of late reactions, man. It's the same thing here. Very late reactions. Trudeau has not handled this overly well up in Canada either. <laughs> so are you guys in that same level of ballpark up there that you can still go get your uh, Junior McChicken if you need to? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can still go get it. And I believe they said today that no restaurants will be open for people to sit down. You can just go in and order. But Starbucks this morning as well, all the tables were up against the wall and chairs were flipped over so nobody could just chill out of Starbucks. And they will pour your drink and pour your milk and your cinnamon if you want to put it in a coffee and all that stuff so you can barely touch it or anything yeah. like that. They're doing their best. So it seems like it's like that all over North America now. Yeah, it just seems so weird and polarizing because I literally was sitting after work Friday getting a beer and some wings <laughs> <laughs> with my coworkers because we're like, this is all one of, that's our normal Friday thing to do. And we're like, well, this might be the last chance we get to do this and for a while. So we went across the street to the Irish pub from the little town we work in here outside of Rochester, New York. And, you know, was, we were pretty much there with ourselves. <laughs> so it was what yeah. it was. <laughs> so I wasn't exactly worried about it. And I'd been home all weekend. I'm not dying or anything, so I'm not thinking I made a horrible decision, but I'm starting to see on social media there's plenty of people out there, Brendan, making some horrible decisions. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's an understatement, especially with St. Patrick's Day celebrations over the weekend and tomorrow. If you are thinking of going out for a beer on St. Patrick's Day, go to your local LCBO or convenience store where you can buy alcohol and drink at home with whoever you live with. Don't go outside and go to mass gatherings. It's not allowed anymore, Craig. <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't mean stopping people, you know what I mean? It'll be just somebody's house party, and all of a sudden it'll be an apartment full of freaking sick people. <laughs> it yep. only takes one person to affect that whole party. That's what everybody really needs to think. I'm not, like I said, I'm a firm believer that this thing is being blown out. It's not something out of a freaking sci-fi movie that you're going to die in five minutes. But do you really want to put yourself through that? for any reason or others or others or because others. you could turn around and hand it to somebody that is at risk of dying from this yeah. where you might yourself not be so is what it is but all all in all people just wash your hands <laughs> <laughs> try not to and, breathe directly on people 
don't go around yeah. licking doorknobs <laughs> or su- subway uh, rails. <laughs> no, that is a big no-no. <laughs> and you're probably going to be okay. And if you feel I sick, stay the fuck home. <laughs> yeah, stay home, just like the government has told you to do, and everything like that. But we recognize it is very serious. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of unfortunate stuff going around, and as we mentioned, it has a spe- effect on the sports world, and that started about a week ago, Craig. Last week, Monday, there were still basketball games going on. The Raptors played at the Utah Jazz when uh, Rudy Gobert. I know. It feels uh... like it's been longer. <laughs> <laughs> God. And then once it was confirmed that both of those guys had it, the NBA with the first league to shut down, the NHL followed suit. And then a day after the NBA and NHL shut down, the MLB made the decision to suspend spring training indefinitely. And Craig, this kind of gets into the first topic I want to ask you is what's going to happen when baseball or just society in general is good to start to go back to normal, which means the sports world can go back to normal. And how does baseball kind of restart where they left off? Because it's not like you can go straight into the regular season, like basketball or hockey or soccer in Europe, where you can just continue the regular season. You've had that ramp up. You've played a ton of games already. Kind of got to finish it. Baseball was in the middle of everybody ramping up. Pitchers like Hunjin Ryu and Trent Thornton and whoever else on the Blue Jays are not ready to go out there and throw 100 pitches right away. So there's going to have to be that ramp-up period. What do you think is going to happen on that end? Because there's some interesting ideas being floated around by people. Yeah, and I just think it's hilarious. I feel like I had like three more new ideas. At least I haven't been watching a lot of the sports stuff on anything because it just depresses the shit out of me. And I've been trying to live in a vacuum, just sitting here playing MLB The Show 19 because <laughs> I have no money to buy the new one. <laughs> so I think you and I have some different fun ideas for how baseball can pick up and go with this stuff. I guess I'll start with the one that I had alluded to before the show, you are you already have the Major League Baseball season schedule in place, right? So let's say tomorrow, I know it's not going to happen, but magically we all of a sudden is like, okay, we're past the worst of this. We can start doing our normals again. And, okay, let's say it is the two weeks here. Okay, that following week, pick up where the baseball schedule is, whether it was the last week of spring training or whatever. You had all these venues scheduled and ready to go for Major League Baseball regardless. So you pick up wherever your teams were supposed to be. If the Blue Jays were supposed to be in Toronto, that's fine. Let them go. Or if they were in Boston, Yankee Stadium, whatever. Just pick it up. Let's run with it. Whatever that day is. And then you pick however many days you want to have the exhibition level of the whole season going. So if you want to make it the first week of that resuming of whatever you were in the regular everyday schedule, Call the first two weeks exhibition stadium, or so everybody gets twelve, you know, exhibition games to pick back up, and then we just start running into the regular schedule, and that will be the quote-unquote new opening day. What do you think of that? So, to get this straight for everybody, if baseball was to say March or sorry April seventeenth, well, that's not going to happen because they've said two or sorry, you have pretty much two months, eight weeks are going to follow, which would mean, oh yeah, I know, which would mean opening day at the earliest and best case scenario would be Monday, May the 11th. The Blue Jays right now are scheduled to play the Texas Rangers in Dallas that night. So would you be saying start on the 11th at Texas, Blue Jays at Rangers, and then the first week is exhibition games? Yes, so that would be the, that would be the first of the re-up exhibition part of the season but because you have that already scheduled and everything you were expecting to have people in that ballpark already anyways so it's right. not going down and restarting things in Dunedin and all the other spring training facilities just pick it up and start running with it the fans are going to come they probably already had tickets to that game anyways so you can just reopen the books back up and start running with things at that date yeah the first week or two will be exhibition games who cares but then start making it count after that th- that going into that third week removed from the quarantine fun of base, you know, get back to things. I can see that for sure. You have the venues booked. They're already ready to go. People have sold tickets. And then it's just a matter of figuring out the logistics after that. I'd be curious because, Craig, I'm going through the Blue Jays schedule right now, especially the first month of the season, where they're supposed to start with four games at home against the Boston Red Sox. And then if you look later into April – 
from the 21st of April to the 23rd, and then again from the 27th to the 29th. The Blue Jays are going to play the Red Sox 10 times oh. in the first month of the season, which would have been awesome because it would have avoided Chris Sale, who is now likely to be healthy as a result of the season likely not starting until June. But if you picked it up, where you're saying to pick it up, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, I'm wondering if there's going to need to be a total shift in the way the schedule is done to balance it out, especially within your own division. Because if you wipe it out, the Blue Jays will only play the Red Sox nine times throughout the remainder of the year. Maybe that's the way they do it, and you just get lucky. All the teams you were supposed to play early on, you're done with. Whereas for comparison's sakes, the Blue Jays were only scheduled to play the New York Yankees three times, so they would still have 16 games uh, against the New York Yankees. It's going to be interesting because I'm starting to think as we're going through and discussing this, they might need to scrap the schedule, schedule the games and start over so that it can all be balanced out. And maybe that involves removing interleague this year when the Blue Jays will play the Cubs and the Cardinals and the Brewers and Pirates, the NL Central. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but they definitely agree there needs to be a ramp up. And it's probably going to be two to three weeks. Because what they're saying is July Maybe mid-June is the absolute best-case scenario, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to be a good time for anybody. But as long as it comes back, I just can't imagine the way that you're already seeing starting the numbers of this stuff to fall in China and the trouble spots from the precautions that have been taken and everything. I just can't see it getting as bad in North America as it, as it did there when they weren't paying attention to it for the first three weeks. so we knew this was coming so we should quote unquote be better prepared (laughs) yes yes we already alluded to both of our governments sucking it on a piece of that Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so but in the midst of that like I even when I was saying the part where it's New York State right it's not really New York State with 700 something cases it's really New York City with 90% of that (laughs) so same thing with at least in the states it's California and Washington are the other big hitters and those are high travel areas period I'm honestly shocked that Atlanta and Georgia isn't on that freaking list to begin with either that's a very heavy international airport there in Atlanta too I know I know you've been through that one if I recall right I have, yeah. Yeah, it's a big damn airport. <laughs> it's huge. It's, Pretty sure it's the biggest one. I believe it is the second highest traffic airport in the world. And I believe somewhere in China or Japan was the only other one that was that crazy. So oh, if that gives you a ballpark and nut, nuts and numbers. <laughs> so I just can't. Nuts and numbers. Yes, it, yeah, I'm good, good with English. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I just can't imagine it get, getting so bad from what we have, the information available right now, that July, really? July? <laughs> That's I three know. months from now. <laughs> so my hope for a best-case scenario, Craig, is how that it, the majority, I would say, or a lot of the population in North America has been able to set up their employees with working from home packages or getting it set up that way. My hope, and this has been a hope, is that after these two weeks where the governments are saying to work from home and shut down, is we will finally see a light at the end of the tunnel where it's like, okay, for the most part, there hasn't been any new cases at nearly the same rate as there was two weeks ago before everybody went into this new term of self-isolation. Mm-hmm. So if it continues for another week or two after that, it continues to dwindle down, sports can start planning to resume around the beginning or maybe start towards the middle of April. And if that's the case, then you can maybe start to imagine May 11th is a realistic target for opening day. And you know what? If they miss April, oh, well, it's one month. You can still play almost the entire season of the MLB. But Craig, where I'm kind of getting scared of is if it doesn't get any better and the further and further we go into june and now they're saying july is at what point does the mlb say we're just not going to be able to have enough games we're gonna either have to get drastic or i don't even want to say it but if there's not going to be enough games to the point where you can uh, can actually have a division winner i don't know like 
I'm kind of scared that they, it could lead to them considering not having baseball this season the later and later this goes. So, do you want me to play devil's advocate here? Because I have your please talk me out grace. of that. <laughs> I'm going to talk you off your ledge. Yes, please. <laughs> you, I, I don't want you ruining your new place. <laughs> <laughs> baseball owner greed is never going to let that happen. If they can play yes, up two right. weeks and then have a World Series. <laughs> Maybe this becomes an old-school Little League World Series round-robin tournament and everybody gets a chance. Something crazy will happen if they even have a chance to play any baseball. Or, worst-case scenario, this becomes the fucking Dome League and they'll play an extra (laughs) month in the baseball winter. (laughs) Won't be Mr. November anymore. You'll have Mr. December. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> well, that is the potential benefit, Craig, is baseball could go all the way until mid-November or even early December, and every single team that has access to a closed roof could be called upon to host. Craig, could you imagine some playoff baseball at the Rogers Center, even if it's not our Toronto Blue Jays? I'd be 100% going to a neutral game if it's at the Rogers Center oh, because there would be a lot of travelers coming through. Hands down, and not to mention, regardless of that, what would that do for a city like for Toronto? That is right. the yeah. crowning jewel on a what? That's literally the um, equivalent of polishing a turd at that point. You've made a <laughs> diamond out of the whole idea, this whole disgusting, horrible cor- coronavirus thing, and turned it into something that ended up being a positive because you were able to get that kind of level of baseball playing in the Rogers Center, regardless of its Toronto Blue Jays. And in all reality, if we have a shortened season, man, this team has enough talent that it would be exciting to see what would happen in a round-robin frickin' double elimination tournament or something that could just bode well for the Blue Jays. You know, imagine that point where you're at a level playing field with the Yankees and it comes down to just being a couple of games. Like, every game of the season's a playoff game. Our guys could do pretty damn well in something like that. So this is actually a very good point you make. And I thought the same thing. The shorter the season potentially is, say you start around just saying, not even middle of May, I'm going to say like a worst case scenario of starting around Canada Day and the 4th of July. You have July, you have August and September. Maybe you add October for a fourth month to not go crazy far into November. It takes one hot month to start the season in a shortened season for you to potentially be in playoff contention for the entire season. Say the season starts in July and the Blue Jays get off to a great start where they're like, I don't know, 15 and something in the month or even 20 and something in the month in 30 games. So let's just say 20 and 10. Now you can carry that and play 500 baseball the rest of the way. You're making the playoffs. So this could be a benefit to every Major League Baseball team who in a full 162 game season would have no chance of making it. I'm talking about the Boston, or sorry, the Baltimore Orioles, oh, you the Miami Marlins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, so you're telling me there's a chance for the Orioles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in a shortened season, absolutely. <laughs> so, but And then the fun part about that is, too, you could see some team that's still getting egged on, like the Astros. Which, yeah. if you got to be the Houston Astros, how good is this coronavirus thing for your media freaking fun? <laughs> you all of a sudden were able to kick everybody out of your locker room, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, we don't have to worry about this anymore. People have stopped talking about it, except for the few people that are playing MLB The Show 20 that are just crushing Astros guys <laughs> and posting videos of it on Twitter. <laughs> I love that. I love the umpires clapping after that. <laughs> oh, that was hilarious. If you are all looking for that freaking clip, it is on our Twitter feed, and it is hysterical. Clayton Kershaw winds up, and all of a sudden, you see Jose Altuve laying on the ground after a headshot, and the freaking umpire is clapping. Go coders for MLB <laughs> the show. <laughs> You're real humanitarians. <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder if they thought that they could get away with that suddenly and people wouldn't recognize it. But the first time that anybody could get their hands on it and play and beat a Houston Astro, it caught on and it spread like wildfire. It was on Twitter in point two seconds after release. <laughs> it was super awesome Twitter content for a little while there oh, until funny. baseball was canceled. Exactly. <laughs> so, but hey. Like I, like you said, it's it, this could be the difference in a really fun season after something that was really just crushing all of our souls. So I do not see any reason to think that this ends up like the 1994 season that basically almost killed 
Toronto and Montreal baseball, it did, unfortunately. But this is not the strike. This is literally external things acting on Major League Baseball. And if you want to think fourth-dimensionally, Brendan, what what does this do for the collective bargaining agreement? I know. That's very true because that was looming what is it at the end of the 2021 season mm-hmm. where it expires and is likely heading to uh, a lockout given the current state of things. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this pushes it back. Free agency could be delayed a little bit. They're going to have to really, really, really get creative because players' contracts would technically end when the new league year starts or usually it starts around November 1st is when free agency opens. If they have to play into there, then I don't know how these contracts are all going to work out and whatnot. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes things to think of when you are shifting your league year and free agency around. So there's a lot of consideration that Major League Baseball in all sports are going to have to go through, Craig. Like if you're the NBA or the NHL, if you resume in June or late May and you play a few regular season games and then the playoffs, your free agency always starts around July the 1st. That's not going to happen anymore. What about all these contracts? You know, this coronavirus is really screwing around with everything. (laughs) Yeah. And for the most part, not in a good way. But like I said, this could create some weird, because of where baseball season falls amongst all the other major sports, there's a chance here that we could get something fun out of it. I don't, I'm not banking on that fact yet because I really do think we're going to have a season because I just, I'm failing to see the writing on the wall that things there's going to be this bad in North America. But. I could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wrong lots too, buddy. Don't yeah, worry. I know. No brains, no <laughs> head, <know>, family motto. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's the perfect way to look at things. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think, Craig, it's going to be a good time for all sports around the world. And this is European soccer or football, as they call it. This is baseball. It's basketball. It's hockey. Uh, and potentially the NFL. I think the NFL won't be affected by this, hopefully. If it's still going into September like this, then we're screwed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then it'll be like, eh, whatever. But uh, no, I think this is the time for sports leagues to experiment because you're looking at the NBA has always discussed potentially shifting their league year to start later in November so that they don't have as much overlap with the NFL. Maybe it gives them that opportunity to pick it back up and do that. Or for NHL, they, the most recent discussion for them continuing their season was 24 teams, where you have a few teams that were in wild card spots, and then two or three or four teams below them playing in a playout game or series or whatever they were calling it, and then the playoffs start. So pretty much right away when the season resumed. Baseball could get creative with how they do their schedule. Maybe you do scrap what it is right now and do 81 games, hopefully. And it's a balanced schedule that way. No interleague. You play your division uh, half the amount of times you would in the 162 regular season game. Who knows? But it could be a time for baseball to experiment with their schedule a little bit or even some fun little formats to keep people engaged because baseball does need that because viewership was dropping over the last few years. But I think, Craig, with how much buildup we're going to get until we finally find out when we're going to have baseball on our TV again, it's going to make everybody appreciate what's been lost for the next few months. <laughs> oh, I know, right? <laughs> for all those people that were saying baseball is fucking boring, having no baseball is even more fucking boring. <laughs> There's no other way of saying it. So how much can I watch on Netflix and Hulu right now? How much can I... <laughs> I'm getting to the point there's only so many Lego, to- Lego towers I can build with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I don't know if you've been watching some of the stuff I've been reposting on our Twitter account, but somebody is either a mad genius or that goddamn bored, but they found a way to do curling with their Roomba, and it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I have seen that. It's awesome. <laughs> we are getting to e- ESPN 8, the Ocho level of, I have to have sports. <laughs> hey, are you not are you not down to watch poker on TV anymore? <laughs> oh God, <laughs> no! And I could never do that to begin with. But as far as it goes right now, I'm dying for some. What was it? That freaking goof in that movie, dodgeball, midget tossing. Did you see that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or that like fire soccer ball thing or whatever it was, where they were kicking around a ball like a flame. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we're in all reality, it's like why haven't we seen like freaking drone racing or? <laughs> something take like freaking over on uh 
ESPN. You know, you can have two people in a room with a couple of remotes and watch things blow up. You know, <laughs> but it's getting to that level of weird, man. It's just I need something. We're gonna end up like that. I'm assuming you've seen Caddyshack. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're gonna get to that level of sports betting where we're gonna be sitting behind a bush. <laughs> What <laughs> betting on the kid? Is he gonna pick his nose? <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Okay, fine. You won that one. Twenty bucks more that he eats it. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people starting to bet against the weatherman, where you can place bets on if the weatherman is correct on their forecast. It's getting to that level of desperate for people where they want to lose money. And bet against the weatherman. Although I think you probably have better odds against the weatherman or woman than you would betting on live sports. So maybe you should take that up if you need to bet everybody who's listening. For those of you that didn't think gambling was an addiction. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Introducing weather gambling. Whole new level of chasing the dragon. Well, I mean, we we could start betting on the date that MLB season will start again. And there you go, have a pool. Yeah. Yeah, 20 bucks. So you pick a week where you think baseball will start. If anybody wants to get in on this, we'll post it on our Twitter feed. And then you can contribute 20 bucks, and we'll see who wins. There you go. And we'll uh, put it toward a uh, beer drinking competition at, our, at a bar of <laughs> in Toronto or something. Yeah, that's if the border opens back up. Yeah, there's that. Well, you can have fun without me. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, no there's no fun without you, Craig. Aww. Not when we're not together. Yeah, I'm so sad. <laughs> Especially when there's baseball on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that being said, man, let's say baseball did start up. It's that time. I think you and I were talking about some teams that all of a sudden have advantages <laughs> before the show. Like the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, true. Uh, yes, that is a very good point. I totally blanked, and I was like, "Hmm." Wait, we were and talking. Like, about oh this. right. <laughs> we so, are saying <laughs> is that these teams who are extremely injured at these times of the years uh, are going to have an advantage, whereas likely starting of the MLB season, uh, the Blue Jays are going to get screwed over, and other teams are going to get screwed over, and the fact that the New York Yankees will probably be close to fully healthy when the regular season resumes with the return of Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge, potentially James Paxton. So, yeah, it sucks. And the Red Sox potentially will probably have Chris Sale good to go when the regular season starts, unless he chooses to have Tommy John surgery, which is probably the smart thing to do, given how much baseball will be pushed back. You only miss half a year if you get Tommy Johnson at this time of year. So You were about to pick a season to do it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I, I saw you would assume like, next year is good. That's a good point. Yeah. Next so. year, hopefully, we'll be good to go. No delays. <laughs> yeah, we would think, right? So, uh, but yeah. No, you're very right. How do you think that this will affect the Toronto Blue Jays, other than the fact that we basically alluded to that it's kind of going to suck for them in the fact that the other competition around them is going to get healthier? Competition is not going to get any easier is the catch, where there was some little bits of glimmering of hope there. That it's like, okay, you know, the Yankees are looking a little deflated, but they're still going to be really good. The Red Sox all of a sudden lost their ace, and their pitching was already suspect. Now you're back to the point where it's like, okay, let's say Sale does pitch and doesn't have Tommy John surgery. All of a sudden you're looking at a team that actually does have a few legit starters because you're assuming Nathan Evaldi's not going to have as bad luck as he's had the last year. And we have a good team, but... Are we really there yet? There's a lot of things that have to go right for the Blue Jays, as much as I really think that we're leaning in that direction, that those things are looking a lot better, especially after our spring. Danny Jansen, man, come on, look. It looks like we're going to have a guy that's going to be able to hit 20 home runs in the eighth spot in our lineup. Yeah. (laughs) That's fucking nuts. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a lot of things that were looking up in spring training this year. And regardless of those facts, you got those outside of the team issue or things that are going on that now are not issues for other teams. That offense is a lot scarier in New York with Judge and Stanton in that lineup. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm still not scared by Gio Urshela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it, do it again, do it again in a full season, Gio yeah, Urshela. <laughs> I'm betting against that. 
<laughs> I hope you're right. I really do. It's going to make me feel so much better when he isn't. <laughs> but it's not that will happen. backfire with with my bat with my lockets. It's going to be like oh. Wow, he's Jose Bautista. <laughs> yeah, he oh, kind of no. comes out of nowhere. <laughs> we had Jose Bautista get in our grasp, and we let him get away to the Yankees. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> of all places. He wasn't to the Marlins, no. who gives a shit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. No, he's in <laughs> Yeah, that is in the Marlins. <laughs> but no, you, you're absolutely correct, Craig. It's, uh, uh, in a season where a lot still needed to go right and break the Blue Jays' way to be in the conversation for a potential playoff spot in a full 162 game season. The fact that the Yankees and the Red Sox are not going to be at their healthiest for likely the first two se- or the first two months of the season is a bit of a drag of how it would be healthier now. But at the same time, it could benefit the Blue Jays where if they get right, they're healthy too. Ryu won't be going out there and throwing. There's less chance of him getting injured, hopefully. Knock on wood, I'm doing it right now. Um, and yeah, the entire team stay healthy. <laughs> I know. So the fact there is some, there is definitely some positives. There's definitely a lot of cons. But what I want to ask you next is, out of all the spring training performers this season for the Blue Jays, there's a lot of good. You mentioned Danny Jansen, Alejandro Kirk in eight plate appearances was looking great. Santiago Espinal was looking like he could potentially steal a roster spot away from a Brandon Drury. Uh, we saw today, Craig, Joe Panic got added to the 40-man roster because he had an out, and this is the reason why he got it. He had an out in his contract after May or March 14th if he wasn't added to the 40-man. So he had a great spring until it got canceled, and now um, Joe Panic is on the 40-man roster, and he was a feel-good story spring training. Yeah, even though Vlad doesn't make the freaking team at this point, anyways. If you were, uh, I agree. If, if the season was starting today, would you be have you? I don't know how you don't have Joe Panic on the twenty six man roster. Oh, fully agreed. Yeah, Joe Panic would make it in a heartbeat. Uh, Espinal maybe could beat up Brandon Drury because Brandon Drury was having a horrendous <sighs> spring again. And he, defensively <laughs> so... is what I was more shocked at. He didn't look like he was comfortable in the field as much as he usually is either. And that was what was scaring me about Drury. Hopefully, yeah, it was just and... spring training issues period or he was just maybe he's not fully healthy or whatever which would be fixed by this whole wonderful hiatus we're having too but he's got an option and if i have a chance to really run with something that could be a little bit better than that's been all i'm betting on the high side right now i'm not betting on brandon jury when i know what i'm gonna get probably absolutely absolutely i'm in complete agreement so who would you say you're most disappointed uh for that spring training is done because the easy answer is Danny Jansen with four home runs, 13 RBI, and 529 batting average. But was there anybody else that really stood out to you in the first few weeks of spring training that it's like, oh, why does the plug have to be pulled right now? Because if they could have continued what they were doing into the regular season, that would be the boost that the Blue Jays need to start the season in March and into April. Is there anybody that kind of falls into that category for you? I feel like you're literally leading me to the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the only answer to that question is Roddy Tillett. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so is that where you were looking? <laughs> I was looking at Rowdy. I'm also looking out here. Uh, Joe Paddock would have been acceptable, yep. as we said, Espinal. Uh, yeah, we already talked Aiden about Randall them, so I had to talk about Roddy Tillett. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Richard, too. So, but yes, and that... that that one has been rather exciting, but as far as what I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting Roddy Telez to come in and be as hot as he has been this this spring. He is full-on living up to that first name, and it's going to be interesting to see what he would do with the whole season. And I really have been intrigued by his plate appearances and his presence in the box just as much as I have been by the pop. Yeah, that one he golfed off the freaking floor, but that was like the only bad pitch I'd seen him swing at the whole spring. So, <laughs> you know, I think that's very intriguing because I think Roddy Telez, if he got a little bit better with his plate selection, he becomes a ridiculous good hitter. This is the same thing with Randall Gritchick that we've been talking about on this show extensively. I think he might have even taken that step or he's figured out enough to get that extra couple percentage points on the good batted ball which we saw had been going over the fence this spring. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, Rowdy was definitely in that category. You know who, actually looking at the stats page now, was having a little bit of an under-the-radar spring because it wasn't like they were eye-popping numbers by any means. But Derek Fisher was looking actually okay at the plate in his 24 at-bats, Craig. 
Fisher was hitting 250 with a 333 OBP. Not terrible, but the more impressive thing was there was only five strikeouts mixed in there with three walks. So Fisher was off to a decent start for a guy who needed a decent to good spring to potentially be the fourth outfielder. It would have been nice to see what he could have continued because he has a ton of power, as we've seen in Derek Fisher. So it's unfortunate for him. But the other one is Randall Grichik because Grichik was hitting 320, a 433 OBP in 25 at-bats. He's only struck out six times and he's walked five. Man, could this have been the the, the, right, the Randall Grichik breakout finally? (laughs) Yeah, it's only been three years late, right? (laughs) Because the Cardinals were expecting this shit too. (laughs) So I couldn't help but notice you said Derek Fisher. Was that me dreaming or was that something odd? Uh, No, not at all. (laughs) I almost pulled a full Ron Burgundy and go, what did you just say? (laughs) (laughs) I did say Derek Fisher. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I thought you said my suit looked funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, your suit looks great, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> so, but no, and I think we've been expecting something like this, and we've been saying something like this, that Randall Grichik can be Kevin Pillar, or he could be an elite center fielder, right fielder in Major League Baseball. And it comes down to that exact ratio that you just pointed out, strikeouts versus walks. When he sees good pitches, he matches them. He's got some of the best bat speed in baseball, and we've seen that until last year when it reflected in exit velocities. He's been in the top 30 guys in exit velocity in baseball, if I, re- if I recall, in the last few years. I'd have to look it that is. up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's up there. He's definitely up there in terms of exit velocity. That's why everybody had him pegged breakout in, in 2018 when they first got him. Even though he wasn't hitting before he got injured, he still had some serious batted ball unlock. It's been on record that he was pressing because he was trying to impress his new manager and stuff that year, too. Of course. And now him being kind of the guy, you know, he's one of Charlie Montoyo's guys. He doesn't have to show up and be nuts. He just has to show up and be Randall Gritchick. And if this is Randall Gritchick 2020, the Blue Jays got a fearsome lineup if he's hitting in the sixth spot with doing this kind of crap that he's been doing this spring. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Craig, was there anybody that you were or probably thinking, oh, crap, I really needed this break because I did not get off to the start in spring training that I was hoping for because I got a few at the top of mind right now, but I wonder who you could think of when I ask you that question. One that's killing me, and honestly, that I he, we've seen spurts of it, what he can do, and we've seen the bad stuff from him as well. And I'm talking Anthony Alford. Yeah. And I think this just ruined his whole freaking chance of getting on the team. Unless something weird happens with the rosters when baseball kicks back in. I honestly was, and I meant to say this when we were talking through this segment, would it shock you if they started the season with a 30-man roster for Major League Baseball? No. Yeah, that's true. That's what a lot of people are throwing around. Get extra arms and extra ones to ramp it up. Maybe you just go straight into the regular season and just have an expanded roster. Yeah, do like what you were doing. You have like your September call-up stage for the first month, and then you go back to regular rosters, and then back to September call-ups. <laughs> yeah. So, or find it like we were just saying there, a happy medium with thirty or something, just so you have a couple of extra guys to rotate in and out arms and bats and things like that, just so that people don't get overworked. And um, yeah. right now, I think if you started the season without that. That 26-man roster, because of the spring that you didn't get to see him, even though he might have been trending upwards, I think Anthony Alford just lost his chance to play for the Toronto Blue Jays if nothing new happens here with the rosters. No, and that, that breaks disagree. my heart. It does, yeah. Everybody was sharing those sentiments, too, throughout spring training. 24 at-bats. He had one triple. Uh, nothing else, just four singles after that. And then 14 strikeouts. He did steal four bags, but a 167 average and no walks or hit-by-pitches, which led to a 167 OBP as well. So and then had about a 50-50 in the field, which is not trending for him one way or the other. No. That is not normal. Defensive. Yeah, loses the glove, and there's not too much there for Anthony Offered, unfortunately. It sucks. It's looking like it was going in that direction. And, you know, that name was top of mind for me for sure, but there's another one who was top of mind. I'm going to say Travis Shaw was off to... Uh, 
bit of a eh, start to his spring. He had those two home runs in the spurts of two days, I believe. Which but was other basically than that, Travis, spring training. Exactly. Yeah, right so before. For so for a guy that was, was just starting like, to get stride. Yeah. The, the, the um, kicked off the wheels. Yeah. It's 15 strikeouts, 214 average. But yeah, you did mention, you're absolutely right. Those home runs came, I believe, on the last weekend uh, that spring training was going on. So he was starting to heat up a little bit. Yeah. So and he didn't it's play unfortunate too much that following week either. What's that? He didn't play too much after that weekend either. No, no, he didn't. He's slowing down a little bit. So I think it's probably a good thing, maybe, that Travis Shaw is having spring pulled from uh, pulled from him because it wasn't the greatest starting. Kevin Bezio is another. Bezio was still taking his walks like crazy. He walked six times, only struck out five. But uh, a 192 uh, batting average in 26 at-bats. Obviously, these are all very small sample sizes. Oh, yeah. And all in the end, spring training, for the most part, other than roster decisions, doesn't have a whole lot of bearing on how you do for the regular season, but it is always important to get off to a decent to good start. In yeah, spring. At least and like Kevin Biggio, that's how he started his major league career off last year, and he finally got his stride. You would have known yeah. what I think you would have gotten eventually would know that his plate approach is just as good as it always has been. And I think that was something good to see from Biggio, regardless of, like you said, lighting it up for so far this spring. It sucks, Craig. It sucks. There's a lot of good boying with the Blue Jays. And you know what? I feel that if there was another week of spring training, this would have been the week heading into the final spring training weekend. It really seemed like there was a lot of good starting to come around this team. Bo and Vlad, Loris Gurriel Jr., Randall Grichik, uh, all the guys we've talked about in, in detail tonight, they're all getting off to good starts. There seemed to be a very good vibe around this Blue Jays team. There was people in the national media not only in Canada, but in the United States as well, that we're really picking up on the fact that this is a team that could potentially surprise some people. They have some serious talent. Hunjin Ryu was off to a great start on the mound. The battle for the fifth starter spot between Trent Thornton, Shun Yamaguchi, and Anthony Kay was really starting to take off. And then, yeah, it, it's just unfortunate that this has all happened, Craig, because after tonight, now that we've kind of caught up, we're going to need some damn ideas of what to talk about over the next two weeks until we can finally rejoice in the fact that we've heard when there's a potential start to the season. <laughs> yeah, other than the fact that we still have to finish our to- our top 30 prospects is we've only done the top or the 30 through 21. So we still have that. Oh, yeah. So we, we still do have, have that. that. Yeah. So we still have plenty to talk about on that. But, Brendan, until then, I, I other than that, we got to think of some fun things to do. And I think we've had a couple of random good ideas that we're going to put out for a Twitter vote. You want to start off with one of the ideas, and we'll just play piggyback back and forth here outside the I, top prospects list? I absolutely will. And you know what? This is going to steal from a frequent guest and good friend of our show and us being on his show in the past. You know who I'm talking about, Mr. <laughs> Adam Corsair. He'll probably participate uh, I in this, too. <laughs> yeah, I think he will participate. There's a good chance that he would. <laughs> but uh, I believe what Adam Corsair is doing tonight with uh, Connor Chambers of Toronto Sports Views, I believe I have that correct, uh, they are going through uh, Game 7 of the Raptors and 76ers. They're doing like a live uh, stream and broadcast where they add their commentary onto the... Uh, onto the game. So one of my ideas, which we were talking back and forth on, was going through some big moments in Blue Jays' recent memory. That can include 2015 and 2016 playoff games, or even late 2016 games at Seattle, at Boston, all those games that meant everything in the wild card race. We'll just go on and be like, oh my god, that eight-inning gem by Marco Estrada in the playoff against Kansas City or Texas or Cleveland we can go through and relive those and at least try to provide some sort of live baseball for a time and add commentary onto there. So that was one of my ideas, but I know you got a few good ones up your sleeve too. Yeah, including one that expanded on that same idea. There was a few weeks ago I stumbled across a certain random World Series Toronto Blue Jays 1993 home video that happened to be on YouTube. <laughs> that is got everything 1993 down to the coca-cola terrible theme song from the 90s <laughs> that might be fun for the three of us just to goof around and you know have online for our fans to be available with and watch along while we have the commentary <laughs> something simple <laughs> like that so but and then moving on to other ideas 
Um, we were talking about um, shit. Now I'm fucking forgetting. <laughs> I get hit in the head too much. Apparently, do you remember what the hell <laughs> I, I was rem- talking about? I, uh, <laughs> I got to remember for you too. <laughs> Since I've been thinking of keeping this agenda going today, I got to remember what your idea was. Oh, the fantasy draft thing. Yes, that's what it was. I even freaking basically advertised it amongst our friends the other day. But um, the idea was basically we would have a few of us do a fantasy draft and we'd talk about our picks and why we went with our picks at what slots and all that kind of good stuff. And, you know, maybe we'll offer some of our terrible baseball insight and see how those teams would have actually translated into the real season as, you know, things go. And maybe there's some fans that would like to join us in on that mock draft too. I have no idea. <laughs> so there's all kinds of fun that could be happening. I am so mad at the cancellation of games because I was so excited for one of my fantasy teams I did, Craig. Oh yeah. Yeah, I haven't even had any of mine done yet. <laughs> so. Oh, I was so bored one Sunday. I believe it was the Sunday when the Blue Jays played the Pirates and Nate Pearson went out for his either second or third period of the spring. I believe I was just like, ah, what the hell? Let's do a fantasy draft right now. And just to name a few, I had, yes, unfortunately, I did have Jose Altuve, but uh, yeah, I think he still be ooh. fine. Uh, <laughs> Chris Bryant, Fernando Tatis Jr., Bo Bichette, Josh Donaldson, Juan Soto, Joey Gallo, uh, Hundren Ryu, Jose Barrios, Ken Giles, Ramon Marquez, Marcus Stroman. So just to name a few, uh, I was excited about the way that team was I don't think I can tell from that drafting. Yeah, is there, is there any pattern there? <laughs> the fact that I, and I even have Joey Votto, so you can throw in the Canadian pattern there, too. I get it. <laughs> I see right I think through you your know terrible shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know where I'm leaning. Yeah. So, but no, that's a, that's a good team. I w- I'd, be, I'd sign up for that, no problem. Because I think all those guys have a chance to be very, very good this year, and I know Joey Votto ain't going to do what Joey Votto did last year. So, he bouncing back a little bit. <laughs> he was starting to look pretty good this spring, and that wasn't just because he was up to his normal goofball stuff that he does with fans and everything in spring <laughs> training. The guy's a freaking hoot. I love him. <laughs> he is a hoot. He's a gem. <laughs> so, um, we had another idea that was literally just going back to basics, Brendan, and then it was uh, either having fan interviews for shows, and we'll just piece yeah. together some things like that, 10-minute glimpses of a couple fans that are fans of the show that would like to jump in and have a conversation have a few questions with Brendan and I or maybe we do a live on Twitter podcast and then we'll air it on our normal podcast first stuff after we have our normal call-in show on Twitter <laughs> I love it and I already know what the first question of the fan interview will be how the hell are you coping in self-isolation without baseball? <laughs> I am staring intently at all my Blue Jays fandom that is all around my living room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just and looking and waiting for these next few weeks and months to go by. <laughs> is it bad that I just wanted to taste sweet victory and I still have an unopened can of 1993 Labatt Blue Blue Jays beer? <laughs> you might have to do it, man. <laughs> I, if it gets to that point. <laughs> I had a standing bet with or not standing bet but a standing cheers basically with a couple of jay's journal buddies of ours back when the 2015 season was going on that we each had one and we were going to pop them on social media together and drink and drink them <laughs> if we won the world <laughs> series but nope didn't make it that far i didn't have to drink thir- uh what 27 year old beer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's probably a good thing. I think you, it might not go over too well. <laughs> it would have been worth it. <laughs> Taste victory. Taste death. Craig, <laughs> here's, a, here's a fun question for you, and I sure. kind of want to put this out to our, uh, to our Twitter audiences. Whenever there is an announced date that baseball can go forward and start again, what will be your drink of choice to celebrate knowing that the light at the end of the tunnel has finally arrived and that it's almost time for baseball again? Uh, just because it's plentiful in my house now, because of you more or less, um, <laughs> I'm going to just drink a whole bottle of Pink Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> it is easy to do that, uh, believe me. It is rather easy to do that. <laughs> my wife might be addicted, just saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not a bad thing. <laughs> it's supposed to arrive in Ontario, finally, on April the 1st, so I'm not sure if that's a cruel April Fool's joke uh, or not. But uh, that is when it's supposed to get here. But uh, I'm going to follow the same lines as you. I, uh, I've i really enjoyed these flavored vodkas lately. Like, you know how 
Ciroc has their apple and uh, red cherry flavor or whatever it is. Mix that with some sparkling water and you're good to go for the rest of the night. (laughs) Should I just point out the fact that I was literally just talking about chugging a million-year-old beer that just happens to have a Blue Jay logo on it, and I'm drinking Jameson, and we're talking about drinking silly, sissy drinks? (laughs) Yeah. Hey, Pink Whitney's not a silly, sissy drink. (laughs) It tastes like it. But it will yeah, punch you. And it looks, <laughs> looks like it, too. <laughs> it literally looks like a pink highlighter. That's uh, all yeah, I can that, say. <laughs> that is a very good way to put it. <laughs> so, but meanwhile, like I said, I'm sitting here swilling a little freaking glass of freaking Jameson because it's almost St. Patty's Day. I just felt like I had to do yeah. it. Not to mention mm, That's right. mm, Jameson. Oh. Yeah, mm, <laughs> yummy, yummy, yummy. <laughs> so, that, yeah. That's good stuff, though. That's good stuff. You're doing it right. You're good living during this uh, self-isolation period, my friend. Oh, there's no, I, I needed something different. I, this is more reflecting my current mood. <laughs> yeah, you know you know what would be the worst is if for some reason the LCBOs and beer stores around here and then convenience stores are just like, nope, alcohol is not going to be sold for the next little while. I think uh, the only reason they are not closing it is because they know how much of a revolt it will be because of how much people will be spending on alcohol over the next few months to keep themselves busy and entertained. <laughs> I'm pretty sure drinking games are pretty entertaining. So if I start playing uh, yeah, quarters with my nine-year-old with some, when she's drinking Kool-Aid, I don't think that's a big problem. <laughs> I got it, Craig. I got it, Craig. In the next few weeks, we're going to start a beer pong league and yeah, we'll live stream games. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have to Skype a beer pond tournament. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. you shoot to the other side, and we'll film where the ball goes in, and I will remove it on my side. And then I'll shoot it back, and you can see it, and then you'll remove the cup if I get it in there. And there I you go. We can do virtual beer like pong. sounds something we just need to do now. <laughs> <laughs> just to go go and then we'll talk random baseball stuff and be like, hey guys, are you enjoying the baseball lists and self isolation content we got going on? <laughs> <laughs> this is right up there with the Roomba Swiffer. <laughs> uh, that, that, that might take it to a new level. <laughs> uh, beer engineering is good. <laughs> yes, we. I think we may have to uh, consider doing this. That <laughs> we come up with worse ideas. I think at least properly reflects our you know weird goofiness on this show. Our bar. There's been a, a lot of worse ideas, like drinking a shit ton uh, when we were in Buffalo in the summer. <laughs> oh yeah, there was that. Yeah, <laughs> and I yeah, think the biggest problem that whole night was the fact that we literally never drank the same beer twice, and then we were mixing I know. shots. It was all different. It was like, wow, this could be. We literally just took everything behind the bar and kind of poured it into a blender and go, oh, by the way, drink this. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> you go. Not like, literally like fans, with that. Just <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, this is making me miss baseball, and it's making me very sad. Right? Uh, but, can we just uh, go you know what? Field and lay on the field. It's snow there, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what, man? We're gonna get through this together with you and me leading the charge with some of our guests that we have on. Whatever we decide to do over the next few weeks, we'll be here as often as we can for to get you through this terrible time of no sports and no fun going on in the world and staying inside and not going to work and all that fun stuff. We'll be here almost every week. I'm sure of that. We'll come up with some fun ways to keep everybody engaged. So the fun part about that is I think we need to put those few fan ideas that we had up there to vote, and we will put that on social social media with the episode that we are dropping. And we will get a vote on what the heck you guys want. And we'll, we'll be your little, you know, entertainment monkeys for the next few weeks. <laughs> That's right. We'll help you out. It will take suggestions on whatever you choose. So let's say you choose and vote for the live stream of games. We'll ask what games. If you choose for the fantasy draft, we will have your input on that, too. It will be a collaborative process. So let's just put it in reality. They're going to choose for us to be dumb fucks and uh, play beer pong through Skype. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> But we will put that in face is the way the internet goes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, anyway, Brian, it was great, great hearing you from you again this week. I'm glad we were able to get back together and do this because it's been too long for even just goofing around. So, no, I completely agree. You know what? It was a kind of uh, an agenda list to a point thing, but I think it uh, it went well. Just classic goofing around and whatnot. But uh, you know what, Craig? I think instead of our classic "Let's Go Blue Jays," is Let's survive these next few weeks and months. Let's get better. <laughs> yes, that's it. Let's get better. <laughs> All right, Blue Jays fans. Let's get better. <laughs> let's get better.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.